Hello and welcome back to the Gold Advantage on the Best of Three Network. We are, as you know, the number one and only esports betting podcast that covers League of Legends. Probably not true, but who cares? No one else. Um, I'm your host, Nikita, as always, and with me is Chris Bliven, Big Money Blivs, and Scoot. And we also have a very special guest with us today, Angus Lockhart. Angus, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure, man. Uh, Angus is a mainstay on the Oracle Elixir uh, Discord. We've somehow managed to lure him into our Discord and haven't scared him off. Uh, I think, Chris, you... Got well, that grapple well, hook. How are you, Chris? How are you? Yeah, how are you, Scoot? All of that. But yeah, Chris, didn't you <laughs> didn't you uh, lure Angus in somehow? Yeah, it was the grapple hook, brought him under, and now he's here. Um I am sad. I went, I went big on my favorite my my secret favorite team of the LCS, uh, yeah. outside of obviously CLG and First Blood, um, with Dignitas. And Nikki, I'll be honest, and I, I said in the last podcast, I was worried. I said, ooh, 100 Thieves, actually, despite getting 3-0'd by C9, actually looked competent, especially early game, right? And, Way more coordinated. And, exactly. And that came to bite me in the ass this weekend. Someday suddenly woke up. Someday know. was so... Someday was something special. Also, the I... drafts of Dignitas were like atrocious i felt super questionable yeah super questionable this week they just gave away i feel like two games i, I mean dignitas as you said in discord right but i mean personally if i'm talking about myself i'm doing all right your boy got a new hand warmer today it's kind of fired up <laughs> um on the, on the other half of that though like tough week across the board also g2 going five we didn't expect that by any means, but is Shulka back? We'll we'll grapple with that question a bit, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see the boys in blue kind of fight for their fight for their spot a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Rogue losing as well. Um, yeah, that as well. Look, <laughs> be- I guess before we jump into that, Angus, do you want to tell us a bit about your background as a fan of League and how you got into, uh, you know, esports and esports betting? Yeah, definitely. I've been playing League since uh, the early days of the LCS. Nice. I remember that first hype video that they released for it. Uh, if you go look it up on YouTube, it's fantastic. It's got like all the old school people in it. And that was about the exact time that I got into the, the esports scene. Um, I didn't gamble at all for the first eight years of being into league, almost first seven years. Um, and I think this podcast was actually the people who got me into actually betting in League of Legends and your Discord in particular. I just sort of assumed that as a Canadian, there was no way to bet on things because Canada Canadians can never do anything fun. Um, but <laughs> one of you told me about Pinnacle and I was able to put money on Pinnacle. And so I started betting. Nice. Um, we love so it. That's sort of my history with league and betting. Um, eventually as I played league, I also, you know, I was growing up and went to school and I finally discovered data science and analytics at some point. And that's what really got me back into the game after sort of a cold spell at one point. And I, I've written a couple things on League of Legends. I've done some data analytics. I got it posted on Oracle's Elixir, one thing I wrote. Um, so I, I sort of try to approach it from a more analytics side. But, you know, with League of Legends, everything's a crapshoot. So there's only so much you can do. Except CLG First Blood. That is a yeah. lock. That's a lock. That was clearly a lock. Someone, someone, including us, made a lot of money from that. 
Um, that was a great one. No, it's, it's it's interesting because I think we all have our own kind of like approaches to the game. So when you're using data analytics, how do you factor in? You know, let's say we're preseason. You're looking at it. Do you wait until things have gotten started, like we're two, three weeks in, or do you use historical data on individual players to try and build it out? How, how does that work? I am super interested in how much information you actually need to be able to make smart decisions. Mm -hmm. So at the start of the season, you can imagine that you don't have really any information on most of the teams. Think about a team like TSM at the start of this season. What could you really say about them analytically, right? Mm. There's no real continuity from TSM in 2020. Uh, the and none of the team players, like how many of the players had entirely. actually even played together? I don't yeah. think any of them had. I don't think there was any synergy on that team at all. Yeah. You know, the closest you had was maybe PoE playing against Huni in yeah, EU or something like that, right? Like there's no continuity there in any way. Um, so what was the answer? Well, I, I think the answer is actually that if you're smart at the start of the season, you can make a lot of money. If you can come up with a, a way of picking up on trends as fast as possible, you can make money while everyone else is still trying to adjust and understand. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you quickly picked up on TSM being terrible in the lock-in tournament, had there, that. Was, there was definite money there. Had that. Yeah, yeah that which, was, was which was crazy you... because I actually was saying that they were pretty good because all the chatter around scrims and everything was that they were strong. Yeah, they were supposed to be scrim gods or something before the yeah. season started. Uh, but it's funny. I think the it's scrim, also funny I, the perception, public perception affects things. Sorry, Chris, go. Scrims, I, th I, I think like the scrim thing, we, we have to be careful of this because there's been other places yeah. where we've gotten bit in the oh, ass because of this. Other places. Other places, the CDL, Optic Gaming, <laughs> that, have, that'll bite you in the ass. Have scrim gods ever paid off? Has there ever been a time when someone said this team's a scrim god and they immediately came in and dominated? Apparently word on the street was that rogue was a scrim god i mean like truly i mean and don't get me wrong it's not like rogue underperformed rogue was quite good but then like how the fuck do you get your ass beat by g2 twice and then get your ass whooped by mad lions like well, no I you get your ass beat by g2 twice because g2 is a stacked team of veterans that are arguably yeah. top in their position i feel like that's a a very understandable loss like yeah betting against g2 in europe yeah. is always a recipe for disaster I don't. G two will not lose until the team disbands. I don't think this weekend. <laughs> the uh, the fundamental problem I kind of have with scrims is that it feels like the attention that you get in scrims or for certain teams in scrims are always the teams that have like bigger followings and that people kind of care more about, right? And that's when people start talking about it. But it feels like the truly dominant teams you never hear about their scrims, which I mean, I guess. In that vein of thinking, scrim gods might have never paid off, and I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been like, this team scrimmed really well, and now they dominated the league as well. So fade, fade the scrim. I think it also depends on like <laughs> teams. We have such teams approach scrims in such different ways. Some teams are, are, are so casual, and like you know, there's a lot of complaints around like how they they don't take it seriously. Then you have other teams that are trying to practice something very specific. Uh, I think last year we saw Cloud9 doing some really weird comps that they were just practicing in scrims and worked out really well, but didn't work on stage. Um, so, so you can get. I don't. It's it's tough to to predict from that. I mean, the biggest scrim god of all time is uh, Golden Glue. Um, just apparently a, a tour de force in scrims and just like so so talented, but never could really convert that into the stage. It was interesting. I think your point is incredibly 
well noted, which is people don't use scrims to be like their best. They they work on they use them to work on very specific things, right? And so yeah. the outcome of a scrim is not necessarily the end goal when people are playing those, right? They're not they're not going in saying, "Oh, we have to win." We're, they're saying, "We want to perfect X, Y, or Z." They they do that, and they don't really give any shits if they lose or win. Yeah, I, I, it's fundamentally just practice. Like, that's what it is. And, like, being a baseball player, right, I'm not going to get up on the mound and, in a game, throw, like, the pitch that I was working on in, like, a bullpen over the weekend. It's just, like, it, it feels it's kind of that way. And I, I don't really know. I mean, scrims there's are a very big difference. Confusing. Yeah. And it's one difference. of the issues with um, games and traditional sports is that, you know, you, you'll practice throwing for, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half, and then that's it. And you maybe will practice a play and you reset it and you, you do it again and again in, in esports. Like what if you're practicing the 15 minute decision-making you have yeah. to play until then. And so that, that creates a, it, it's challenging, I think, uh, in the way we practice. And when that gets figured out around gaming and esports, I think will really unlock the next level. And you don't really want to reveal your hand too much, right? Like yeah. you're scrimming a team that you're eventually going to play as well. So if they know that you're working on only mm-hmm. that time frame, you, you you don't want to be like, let's start over and like only do the first 15 minutes or something along those lines because then they know. Well, I'm surprised they don't kind of use focused. in-house teams for that. So I, I wish cool. they did. I mean, yeah. I think it's interesting. It's a bit like so, chess, just like everything. Yeah, just to bring it back to the betting side of things. Um, things like scrim god status, I think, set in expectations in people's minds, and yeah. those expectations can last way longer than the team's skill actually like warrants it. Yes. So you might have people believing that TSM are scrim gods and they're going to get it together, but they never do. Mm. And I think that the real key is to figure out when the games on stage are signs of a real problem uh, or a real change in whatever the expectations are, should be, versus when they're just you know TSM had a happy game and they lost. Yeah, thing we see with G two all the time. Yes, yeah, I I definitely get that. Um, jumping over to LEC, cognizant that we're chatting a lot around stuff. Over the weekend, like we said, we touched on this uh, big upset with Rogue losing to Mad Lions, and then G two going to five games with Schalke. What are you guys' thoughts? <sighs> The rogue loss, they didn't look like the better team. I don't think. And, and I mean, that scoreline presents the issue itself. I mean, like, 3-1 loss to, yeah. to Mad Lions. We expected a lot more out of that roster, especially the way they played best of ones all year. And the way they were... Lost I mean, year? No, 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 this year. No, no, I'm saying and the way they were oh, last yeah, year as yeah, well. Yeah, like and they're... last year as well. I mean, like, not much changed, and... It's just like they, they played second fiddle to G2 all year, and we expected them to just kind of beat the piss out of Mad Lions in a best of five series, right? Because of that fact, and it just didn't come to fruition. So, but Mad Lions I, is a good team. Oh, they are absolutely. consistently top three now for two, three splits. Yep, 100%. But again, like I think we thought Rogue was built a little bit more different than they actually yeah. were. It does seem like Rogue kind of fell off at the end, right? I mean, of course, this is a little bit hindsight bias. Of, the hindsight of them losing three to one um it but they struggled it seemed like the last weekend in the lec um and that performance was honestly kind of embarrassing like if you're rogue and that's what you've been training for all year like 
they didn't even like play well. Even the game that they did win, it felt like they were losing the entire game and they were able to flip it at the very end. And so everything that Mad did worked, everything that Rogue, like even talking about like the uh, comps that they were playing with, it just seemed like the, the champion picks were really strange. And I don't know, it, it, it the entire thing felt like Mad Lions showed up and Rogue just didn't. And like they weren't even in playoffs. It was very strange. Um, Nikki, I appreciate you not even mentioning my other massive loss on Friday where I had SK to beat Fnatic and then they ended up losing three to one. That was very polite of you. Um, that was gonna be that was gonna be the last one that well, we were going to jump to. I was saving it for its own little segment. I mean, th- another one just like I really thought SK was better and they just again just didn't show up. Maybe Fnatic's you know, I think Fnatic is infamous now. We've been doing this podcast for more or less two years. Fnatic's infamous for kind of not showing up during the season and then just dominating in the playoffs. So maybe that's something we should be careful of this weekend. But man, they just smoked SK. I was very surprised by that. And then all my G2 minus two and a half bets and, you know, blah, 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 blah. They were up 2-0. I was praying for an SO4 miracle reverse sweep. Praying. Of course, it didn't happen. I think the Fnatic matchup was the one that really messed with me. I thought that, you know, Fnatic looked not great in the regular season. And SK, I mean, Treats is just so good. I really yeah. thought that they, they might have something in there. And they, they didn't show up at all. I think it was two teams, Rogue and SK, that didn't show up. Two teams overperformed, and then who knows what happened with G2 and Schalke. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think Fnatic, for me, has been so inconsistent up and down. Um, maybe better than... I thought they would be really sixth place or something, so I guess they finished out more more mid-level. They, they seem, I can see a future where they get things maybe together, um, but Treats is just incredible. I think so. I really thought, okay, this is the year that SK is gonna make playoffs, go, get through the first round, probably lose after that, but um, it'll be fine. I think uh, Rogue, like you said, didn't. There's just kind of nothing that it's just across the board. I don't feel like they played well. Uh, whereas With Rogue, Mad, yeah, like I, I just don't see how you could have predicted that one, no. the Rogue versus Mad matchup, because everything going into the last week of uh, the LEC suggested that rogue was like just far and away the better team yeah and there's no reason that mad lion should have been able to beat them yep as cleanly as they did can i can i offer a complete conspiracy sure is there a world where rogue wanted to lose so that way they could go down get a bit more practice in and play before having to then beat g2 no okay yeah i don't see it okay because they would have had to encounter them twice anyway. Mm. Okay, wait. If, but they, maybe the if world, they lose in semis. Maybe the world is they only want to play G2 once. They think they can take three games off G2. Correct. They don't think they can take six games that, off G2. Okay. Exactly. That's a, that's a more that's interesting, interesting conspiracy. That was what I was I trying think. to get to, but Angus said it way more elegantly than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it's true either way, but I almost believe it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take six games off G2. No. I don't and, think anybody and, does. To be fair, there is a big thing around i mean i remember i actually did talk I, there's a lot of people in the scene that are just like we're not gonna be g2 and that's okay like it, it's not a 
it, you, so many things will have to go right um, on the day. It's not a consistent thing. Like they are just across the board, and especially I think since Reckless joined. Um, but the, it was worrying, I guess. I, I'm not that fussed about the Shaka taking them to five. Like Shaka just way overperformed. G2 seemed to, I don't know what they were doing, just a bit all over the place. Um, what this kind of throws a bit of a wrench in for me is how do we how do we look at the games coming up, which is Shaka against Fnatic and G2 versus Mad Lions. Does this you look affect at Shaka? Like, okay, yeah, Shaka Fnatic. What what are we thinking? You look at Shaka and you look at Fnatic, and you realize that this is going to be a slaughterhouse, and they're gonna fight a lot. You just and you're taking every overs. Every over. You're just O-V-E-R. Spell it out for you. Take the killovers. I think they're sitting at 26.5 right now, which is somewhat low in, in what we've seen. Um, and I think G2 had higher ones, and, and that's why some of those hit the unders, but also the spreads were different. But Fnatic hit, I think, three out of four in their series, and before that also hit the over with Rogue. That speaks a lot to what's going to happen in the series, I think. Absolutely. Both these teams love to fight, and they both these teams love to die. So all of the overs are great. Yeah, it's 26 also, and a half at the moment. Especially Over in that is 1.82. 1.82. It's a great line as well. I like. I actually Walk think it would up. be difficult to hit that under. Especially in this matchup. That's. I'm coming out of the gates with... Uh, I know you hate kills, Nikki. But I do. It feels it feels generous. Well, right actually, now. you know what, Angus? Maybe as someone from a data analytics point of view, I hate kills because, from as someone like who has been following the LCS before LCS existed, basically pre pre season one, and and playing since then, I know how much a uh, a draft can impact kills. Yeah. And decide on a meta read. So we can go from a team that absolutely wants to just go for it. Um, but if they draft the wrong comp, that's it. It's gone. And that's that's what really throws me. Yeah, it's really hard to, to come up with like a general rule of thumb, which is probably why you end up with sometimes lines that look so juicy, even yeah. if they aren't actually. I also think it's one thing sportsbooks have really nailed is making them juicy. Like they do it just right, like and especially when they do the uh, uh, plus plus uh, minus on kills, I think they the nail spreads. It. Yeah, the spreads, dude. So, what I've fundamentally kind of realized with esports spreads is that while you have teams in like mainstream sports that will cover your spreads like pretty well, right? And yeah. and especially true for basketball, where I think they're the most friendly. You have teams that can lose like a lot of close games, and they're pretty consistent there. It's very difficult. Because it, like the spreads are so dependent on who you think's gonna win, especially in League of Legends, it's just like if you have a G two spread, it's probably gonna be at minus eight and a half, minus nine and a half, which is a like a huge spread in kills. But again, it's like G two, and you have to assume that they're gonna win most of those games, and they're probably gonna dominate them as well. It's it's very tied to win loss as well. Yeah, there's a big difference between League of Legends and regular sports. Where yeah. in regular sports, you often don't try to run up the score, right? Like you're ahead by 10 points, that's enough. Or you're ahead by 5.6 points in an NBA game, that's enough. But in esports, to keep moving down uh, the lanes, you keep killing people. And so you're going to run up huge, uh, huge overs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a different thing. Also, there's like BM in, in esports as well, which I think contributes to it a little bit. And then 
but that's you don't really things. have a lot of that in mainstream so there was actually a really interesting discussion in the oracle Selexia uh betting uh discord where one of the guys was saying that actually he stopped betting because of uh the way things suddenly shifted and this has happened to us so he talks about how he you know he had a good read on first turret first uh, inhibitors and so on but suddenly the game started becoming really snowball um and okay maybe he was a bit slow to react and identify that but we've definitely had moments where we're betting on 70 percent, 80 percent, but we're hitting the the 20 percent. and if you're not doing it across the whole season that's where it, you it, you can potentially just be unlucky and lose money or the meta shifts suddenly and they take one inhibitor and finish the game rather than other seasons when it's been a slow and steady take all three inhibitors if if we're kind of jumping back a little bit into the fanatic shalka series i'm interested like is this a like again a fanatic playoff situation where they just show up and they're ready to destroy teams again instead of just the the performance we saw throughout the regular season i'm like 144 seems aggressive but like playoff fanatic is a, a different beast i guess in a way but so, is it I don't know. That's like that's a the... lot of new players. Like, the, is the fanatic that's a playoff beast the the fanatic that's playing now? Yeah, because they also have upset and Niski, who are both yeah, like notoriously choke it in playoffs. So so Shaka two point six. I you know what the Shaka two point six eight does look good. The big question for me is is fanatic is is Shaka actually just going to go back to what they were like and. Then I want to take the fanatic like minus one point five at two odds. They're not going back. Back <laughs> on March twelfth, Fnatic and Shalka played each other. Guess who won? Shalka. Shalka. Shalka has actually been performing over the last bit. You know, obviously, and I and I am going to say that they performed against G two. I thought they actually played very well, even in the games they lost. They were. Very strong, especially early game. They were really prioritizing the early game. I was very impressed. So to me, um, I love all the overs. That's great. Um, Shalka at plus 2.5 at 1.20 is free money. Shalka at, I think, one plus 1.5 at 1.71 is very tasty. It's a great line. And I... I, I love the money line. I would even go as far as to say Shalka minus one and a half at 4.20. Um, that might be a little aggressive, but I, I see where you're coming from as well because they played they did, so well. Yeah, patch 11.05, 3-0, and then they take G2 to five maps. You can't discount that. It's still G2 that, that they're up against. 100%. And Fnatic also at the end of eleven oh five didn't play that well. The problem is you move into eleven point oh six and they three one SK. Yeah, but SK which makes it a little confusing. I mean, SK is a team that I mean, it's funny, right? If you look up LEC right now, you, there's this article about treats saying that they should have beaten Fnatic. It's like, what world are you living in, guy? You literally shouldn't have even gotten a map off them. I we bet I went max bet on SK plus two and a half last week. I was sweating. Even the game that they won, they shouldn't have won. It was like they completely <laughs> flipped it. It got lucky as shit to win that game. And so, honestly, yeah, Fnatic should have 3 0. Well, you see, I know. I actually, this, and this is what we talked about is I was like, I don't, it's hard for me to, to judge both teams. But if I had to, 
I think that the potential ceiling and the kind of playoff buff that we're talking about should could go to SK. Wow. Hmm. Well, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> but like, that's, I, that's I don't. I like. I don't necessarily follow the the line of thinking that Niski is a bad player that a lot of people were talking about in North America. Um, I I don't think that's the situation. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of. I I'm not. I don't see Fnatic winning Europe with this lineup. I'm not even sure they're going to make worlds. They're not going to make. They're not going to win this weekend. Whereas I'm telling I think you, SK has much more. Yeah, I think we're all taking the Schalke money yeah, on this one. especially at the line that it's at right now. Yeah. It's it's pretty hard to ignore two six eight. I mean, that's like free. I mean, that's so much value. So, so much yeah, value. A lot of value. There. Free you money. almost said free money, but yeah, I think that would have been. A... <laughs> it I think I, I agree with you on the plus two and a half. I think that's generally free, especially in this matchup. I like. I think we're all kind of in agreement with it, though. So, okay. Are there any particular like prop bets and stuff that you guys would go for? I don't. It's tough because in one hand you've got Fnatic who played SK and Steamrolled, right, more or less, and then on the other hand you have Shalka who played G two. Like the the data is too. I don't trust it, right? Like it, the the those opponents were too drastically different in talent um so i'm going to stay away right now from the prop bets angus i've got two ones that i'm sort of interested in okay i didn't write that on the line on this one but i like the over on upsets kills which is at 4.5 okay uh i think that that's pretty good especially considering how much limit dies yeah i think that there's huge potential to get that you know whether or not they win on every game and how and many kills was it? One and a half? Four point five. That's yeah. So it's it's a high that. line, but limit dies like yes. six times a game or something. And upset averages averaged like eight kills a game or something in the uh the first round, so I do love the player bets on each map. It's so good. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think is interesting is the Shalka first dragon at two point oh five. They took it in almost every map. Against G2. Yep. Even yeah. though they lost three games and G2 is like great at the mid game, I think that there's a lot of potential for that one. Yeah. And this is something that we talked about actually with Tim when he came on, which is, um, and we profited off of it, which was yeah. when 100 Thieves were playing against Cloud9, especially in the LCS. I know that the games were a little bit different depending, depending on what side of the pond you're on, but um, teams that are there are teams that generally are better prioritize getting the Shelly and therefore taking first tower over the dragon. And so we actually hit a uh, hundred thieves pretty hard on the first dragon for that exact reason. And it paid out two out of three times, which was, you know, that's plus money. Um, so I, I do love that, especially if you know that you like a better team who's going to be looking for to go up and get uh, the first tower. I also think, Schalke first Baron at 216 is a little bit attractive as well because it seems like they play around it kind of well. Um, and in those three matches at the end of the split, patch 1105, they had 100%, and then it's 60% against G2, which not ideal, but again, it's G2. Like they're, they're playing arguably, well, not arguably, actually, just clear cut best in the league. Fnatic doesn't love it, and it's a little bit 
muddled statistically, especially in the SK series, because I think they outworked SK um, just across the board. Like they, they smoked them. And, but before that, they weren't loving the Baron by any means. I think they had a 0% in the last three matches uh, leading up to that. So, I mean, of course, small sample size, do with that what you will. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Okay. All right. Any Maybe final thoughts? Or what, what, are you, what are you guys predicting? Shal- Schalke 3-1. Yeah. yeah I uh, Schalke 3-1 Schalke as well. 3-1 as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that was boring. Nice, guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Jumping over to G2 Mad Lions. Uh, I think G2 smokes them. That's my Definitely. opinion. Yeah. I yeah. don't think this is a, this I, is a player on I'm all. looking at minus two and a half and minus one and a half for G2. Uh, this is a statement of dominance for G2, in my opinion. Are you this guys actually serious? Clear. Yeah. Oh my god, I couldn't disagree more. I think Mad Lions. Yeah, but you have a you have a thing where you hate G2. Like <laughs> for everything, like you were like G2's not gonna make playoffs. Uh you know G2 won't make finals, and it's just like no, G2 is really good. Does he hate G two or does he hate Carlos? Is the real question. I, I think he hates that, and he hates Reckless as well. That's why he refuses to pronounce his name correctly. And yeah, fuck and Reckless. Then Reckless. Uh, and then Reckless. so <laughs> it's like it's even worse because you it's like a combining of of uh you know by by our powers combined, we have Chris's got, worst worst uh, team. I've got my optic bias in the CDL, and Chris has his own in the LEC with G two. Look. G2 is a very talented team. So talented that I bet on them, and then they fucked me right in the ass last weekend. So you're <laughs> right. I do have my biases against them. I'm now spite betting them 100%. But in reality, Mad Lions, I was so impressed with. They have been having a great uh, patch 11.05. They clearly showed up. So for me, I'm looking at things that are free money. Mad Lions plus 2.5, that's free money. 1.32. There's no way you're telling me that G2's doing a clean 3-0. I promise it's not happening. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your money. I think they will. <laughs> why why like honestly, Shaka has been shit all the, all season. A team that as good Why did as you G2, bring up Shaka? I don't know. <laughs> Man, sorry. <laughs> I just team, as I said it, I was like, "Wait, what?" Um <laughs> Because um, Mad Lions have been like the third best team all season. Mad They're... Lions have been good, but I haven't. I've actually, since they brought on some of the new players uh, and the younger ones, I don't. I'm not. I I think they'll grow into a better team than last seasons, but I don't think that they're yet. Is my answer. Nikki? I did a I did a similar thing. I was editing the uh, the Money Hill yesterday, yeah. and I realized that I said Atlanta Thieves. Um, oh, did and you? that is still in there. So go ahead and listen to that if you want to. There you go. But um, Angus all things considered, Scotty. sorry, Scotty. Yeah, I, I I have to disagree with Chris pretty strongly here. Uh, I think this is again G two three O utter domination. You're giving a team this good this much time to prepare, um, especially for a team they've pretty much beaten all year. So I, I don't see a problem here. Angus, but back me up here. Yeah, uh, Mad, Mad Lions didn't they beat? Did they knock G two out of the winners bracket last year, right? And then they went to the off season, and they in theory upgraded. They wanted to upgrade, so they should expect to win this one. One hundred percent. I love the they value. They upgraded, but I don't expect them to win this one. Like, but, a, but with a younger roster. 
less experience. Because they brought in the players from um, Nikki. Sometimes uh, having a stops. little Nikki. Sometimes having a little bit of ignorance is bliss. If you don't know that you're supposed to fear a team, then you're not going to fear them. You're going to come out and fucking put the smack down. You got to expect to win to win. That's Mad true. Lions plus one and a half, plus one point five. I mean, two point oh eight. I'm going though straight up Mad Lions money line because I don't think there's enough value anywhere on G two. I think that. If, I really think Mad Lions actually have a chance at winning this. If you're going to take Mad Lions plus two and a half and at, at 1.32, and I, I don't think you're in the line of thinking where you think this is a Mad Lions 3 because you're not a, an absolute psychopath. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine, though? <laughs> I, I just want to note that you have a better line with total maps played over under at over three and a half, uh, 1.43. So that, I think, would be a smarter pick than Mad Lions plus two and a half. Just I do like that. Yeah, that's really good. That is a phenomenal point, Scott. Thank you. I always find myself a little bit torn between a fan of League of Legends and then a better because I'm like, I would love to see Mad Lions win this. That would be so good. But as a better, it's hard for me to make the argument that Mad Lions will win this. Um, Oh, it's immensely difficult. Even the plus one and a half. I mean, I I, I just don't think... To be fair, I actually think G2 probably overlooked Shark a little bit and thought, you know, we can chill out and we'll win this. I think they pre- will prepare a lot more for teams like Mad Lions and, and Rogue. I don't think they'll, they will allow it to go to a game five because they know those teams can take it. If they play sloppy. Yeah. And G2's in the lab for sure. But Angus, you and were saying that you think Mad Lions that. upgraded and they beat G2 last year, so does that mean, I mean your I'm not hot take, take is... No, I'm not taking Mad Lions <laughs> in this one. I guess I'm on an island. What I will yeah. also say is, to your point, Scoot, I love this. Over three and a half, parlayed with Schalke plus two and a half gives you 1.72, so I really like that. Um, or if you have a little bit more footspah, for uh, Schalke, you could even do Schalke at plus 1.5 with the over 3.5, and, and that gives you 2.45. So those are two parlays that I am very excited to be putting. That's not bad odds. And and if G2 plays a map sloppy, of course, again, like to buy, the second one Niggy said, Mad Lines could take it. I mean, it, it could happen, right? I still see 3-0. That's the problem. It's hard for me. I, like, I just don't see G2 playing like they played against uh, Shaka. I don't see them giving the, that those same opportunities. You don't see them winning? I hear you. I'm there with you. <laughs> I really like that 1.7, though, betting yeah. that Mad Lions is going to take a map. Because Mad Lions is a much better team than Shaka. That's like, true. You have to admit that. Yeah. And so that makes you know, just one game. Wow. I like that. That is good. So Love it. okay, so we're in agreement there. Any prop bets? Because I felt like G two this year haven't been so focused on uh, like first dragons and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we take I think first turret for Mad is a good bet. Yeah, they've been. You can get it at yeah. two point two, and Mad gets first turret in their games sixty percent of the time when they lose. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they they have been very even last week when I was looking at the props for uh, Rogue Med Lions, I, 
I was biased straight up because I knew that Rogue was so strong at first turret throughout the entire season. But when you looked at the data, Mad Lions actually had a higher first turret rate. I was like, well, that can't be right. And so I didn't, it was like 78 to 60. Like it wasn't far enough for me to really want to mention it anyway, but I was, I was quite, uh, I was pretty surprised by that. Recently as well. Um, and, and you rarely really see first bloods go over 2.0 odds, which is kind of why I'm noting this, but mad, mad lines does get first blood a decent amount. Uh, last three matches of 1105 or the only three, I guess, um, hundred percent there. And then I think they did pretty well in their last series as well. G2, I think at 0% in the last three matches of 1105. And they're not like super keen on getting first blood. I think they're just kind of doing them 40% against the uh, Schalke as well. So it's an interesting one there as well. Potential there. I think 2. with these 0. playoffs, I I find, and especially maybe it's scarring from last year, I'm wary of getting too uh, too deep in the weeds around things. I like to to keep it simple and do larger bets on a couple couple of them. So the 1.7 we're talking about, multiple maps over three and a half maps, I do really love that. Um, I do think I would sprinkle a little bit on G2 minus 1.5 and minus two and a half because I'm I'm getting 1.65 and 3.05 on that. I think that's a really good one. Um, I don't know. I don't like historically plus one point five is a bet. Investors. I, I, I kind of have to agree with how you feel about the playoff situation because you just go to the book and now they have fifty lines for League of Legends and in a single match and you just it's kid in the candy store situation and yeah. you can't get carried away. Yeah. There there there's a little danger there. There we go. I would also just kinda of angus to what you were alluding to earlier. Um I do think Mad Lions first dragon uh, in the five matches G two only got dragon once right against Schalke, um, so it's, it's just clearly not something that they are prioritizing. So you can get Mad Lions at first dragon at two point one zero, which is I think phenomenal value, and I would hit that across all the different games. I mean, if you hit both, what are the chances that G two gets first turret and first dragon? Pretty low, right? Yeah, it's almost. I wonder what the, that'd be a good little thing. Like how often does someone get first dragon and first turret? I'm also, I, I don't well, have normally a lineup. You trade out. The thing is you would trade, uh, what's right. it called? Um, yeah, you trade uh, Herald for first dragon. Exactly. So to get the first turret, so the first dragon goes to the other team normally. That's, that's how, you know, give and take good teams would do. Um, yeah. Which is why getting both a first dragon and first turret over two for the same team. Yeah. Seems pretty good. I'm a little interested to see where the over four and a half dragons is, especially in G2 matches, um, because that's something I think is offered on Pinnacle, but I don't see it on Midnight. But I'd love to know what that line's at, and I think that might be a lock as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That, I think, is a really good one. It's at only 1.73. It's not terrible odds. Yeah, and it depends on what map. Like, if you're like, right now, I see just map five, I see it at 1.69, but. I agree. I, it depends on how long you think these maps are going to go. Both of these teams are good. I think you're discounting Mad Lions to a degree, um, and I take it personally. I hope they do too. I hope they're listening, and I hope they spite you. <laughs> Fair enough. On that on that cheery note, let's uh, jump over the pond to North America, where things are kind of going more according to plan, apart from slight upset with uh, 
Dignitas losing. Should we start off with first match is actually Cloud9 versus Team Liquid. What do you guys well let's start with you, Angus. What did you think of previous teams' performance and how do you think they're gonna match up? Uh, well, I've got here, I want to take Liquid 3-0 on this one. You Whoa. Crazy odds, Liquid 3-0. And their head-to-head is so Liquid favored this season. Liquid almost 3 0 them in the lock-in tournament. They 2 0 them in the regular season. Yeah. Like, at 6, I think it's like 6.3 or something. It's crazy odds on Liquid to take it 3-0. Um, You're not holding back. Wow, yeah, it. okay. Guess, guess <laughs> so happy we just ripping, that. just ripping straight out. I, I love it. Three O. I have six, yeah, I have six odds, six times odds. That would be, I mean, it, it would probably be one of those matches where if it went like that, it'd be close, but, G, you know, just uh, goes Liquid's way each time. I literally. Well, yeah, I, mean, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be a 3-0, but, like, yeah, it's when you worth get those kind of those odds, odds, it's something that almost happened two months ago. Like they were one game off doing it two months ago and they won the series in the end. So I think taking it now would be just as tempting, if not more tempting. I, I will say that seeing Cloud9 at 178 odds is just so hard to ignore. I'm ignoring it. I'm actually, I'm so excited to ignore it, Scotty. You have no idea. My oh, point, I'm sure you are. My point was literally going to be, I wasn't going to come in as brazen as Angus did at minus two and a half, but yeah. you know, he is a man after my heart. These are the kind of bets I look for. I love it. It's a great take. But my point was going to be team liquid fucking owns cloud nine this year. Now it doesn't yes. even matter when team liquid was performing or not. And I remember there were times where they were, you know, the odds were still so skewed close and we were like, wow, this is great. Cloud nine, what great value for them. And then cloud and then team liquid would come in and fucking smash them. So to your point, Team Liquid knows Cloud9 inside and out. And to me, I think it would be, I would truly be shocked, like truly shocked if Cloud9 wins this. So Angus, to your point, I think that the amazing value is Team Liquid at 1.98. I think that that is just for the straight money line. So good. I absolutely love that. Um, And I had over four and a half maps. You know, I was thinking maybe it might get a little bit close at 2.58. But to your point, you can do Team Liquid minus one and a half at 3.0. Like, I want to be all over Team Liquid. I want to be all over it. Yeah, I love it. Although I also kind of love C9 at 3.0, C9 plus 2.5, minus 2.5. I never know how it goes. Because it's even better than 6.0. It's like 6.8. And it's entirely possible that, you know, Perks comes in and dumpsters playoffs like he's done for five years in a row, four years in a row in the LEC. Perks is an that, animal. Yeah, Perks is an animal, but I am I was actually pretty impressed by Jensen. Uh, for, after the whole season, He, you know, this split, he hasn't looked that great during the regular season, but uh, I felt like he did well uh, in the last matchup. He smashed. So, and he is, without a doubt, if there's someone in the... LCS that can go against perks, it's him. And I am not sold on Fudge. Everyone's kind of like jumping up and down saying Fudge has fixed his weaknesses, which he absolutely has. Um, but but he's I don't, going against I, Alfari. Exactly. Uh, a lot of what yeah. Fudge has fixed, I think, is also a lot of blabber assistance as well, especially early in the season. Like, I was watching a video today. I, I actually think it was the Oracle's Elixir video about the MVP selection, and blabber's just been everywhere. But early on, it was like assisting Fudge's kills. Early. Yeah, 
and and that's how I think they made him comfortable. But has he actually corrected the mistakes? Is like again back to and the then question. weirdly enough, Blabber like basically didn't even show up or didn't even have to show up against Hundred Thieves. Like his stat no, lines were actually like, yeah. really poor. Uh, Nikki, just to go back to your point, you can say that Fudge is fixed. Whatever he's going up against, arguably the MVP of the entire league in Alfari, and you know, I just this is a mismatch left, right, and center. I don't care who you are, and so um, court. You know, between but it's, not, it's not just. I think like Fudge has mismatched before, but the problem here is actually I think it goes deeper. Is it is Blabber has assisted him a lot and and so on. But the thing is, I think without the assistance of Blabber, Alfari Alfari is also someone that can hard carry. So if they don't pay attention to top lane, Alfari can take over. If they do pay attention to top lane, I think Alfari knows how to play from behind and play defensively enough not to give the advantage over to Cloud9 and to Blabber as a result of that, which just makes it so much harder. And Core JJ is playing well again. Tactical seems to, barring that, what, one or two Tristana jumps, uh, maybe just don't let him play that. You know, it, it's, uh, I think it's a little bit, Santorin's I think my biggest, Santorin and Jensen are my two biggest question marks, mainly because they're going up against, on the flip side, the two best people in those roles, I would say. It's, uh, like, this is going to be a burner of a match. I think it'll be so, like, this is one of the matches you wait to see all season, especially in a best of five setting instead of a best of one, which I think we can all agree best of ones are fairly lame and they leave you kind of wanting more, right? You wish you could see the the teams, like, square up again and, and run it back. It's MVP one versus MVP two. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's just going to be who who really shows up on a given day. Angus, who's your MVP? My MVP for the whole split? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I always <laughs> think that TSM deserves more credit for what they did in the regular season. But who, I but who from a TSM? TSM player who I'd give the MVP to. Yeah, that's a big issue. Because like, I don't like I, I do. I agree. I think Power of Evil and Huni, but i don't know if i'd give it to sword out sword out or speaker yeah it's i mean it's hard to find someone on tsm who i'd give it to uh but as both a tsm fan and someone who thinks that they deserve some credit for what they did in the regular season i mean if you're bringing them into the conversation you're obviously a fan there's like that was a clear massive bias like i was like they they don't deserve to be in the conversation but yeah sure all right (laughs) i was like i'll be polite yeah, they did, but I I don't think anyone on that team deserves MVP. No, I don't think anyone on the team actually does deserve MVP. <laughs> yeah, I, I just get a little salty when you know Team Liquid has like two or three MVPs in the conversation. Well, I said this they, last week. Who would be the? I literally MVP? I would said just, this I exact know, point. There's somebody out there who'd vote for Jensen. I'm I would sure. say Alpha. Yeah, but that that was bullshit. That was like Jensen did not deserve MVP this split. But definitely, people will say. And I'm both a Jensen fan. and Core JJ. And yeah, but even Koja J, I don't think deserves yeah. this split either. Even like the fact that he got it over people like Afromu and stuff like that. Alfari, hundred percent, I get that. Blabber, one hundred percent, I understand that. Um, Jensen, Koja J, I, I don't think I agree with. Not over, not over people like Afromu. Angus, like well, that's the hands. that's the impossible part of the conversation. Angus, I'm hundred percent with, with you. Last week, yeah, yeah. But I if, like, if I had to pick someone, I think Blabber is just incredible. Yeah, yeah, we we it's like it's very hard to pick 
anybody from a team like TSM or Dig, where there was more of an entire team effort than it was like a superstar, right? And yeah. and TSM does deserve more credit for what they did, but you can't really pick an individual there that's like a standout. I think I'm torn because I I Huni is like one of my yeah. favorite players of all time, and actually I have oh, we I've know. gone on and off of a TSM over the years at times, um, but they are. It's a weird thing about them because they're so dominant domestically, um, but have not been able to ever convert that. Is this the year? No. Um, so okay, yeah, definitely not this year. <laughs> um, so j- jumping to so we we like the Team Liquid money line one point nine eight. We love the the Team Liquid three zero. What else are we jumping at? I, someone said something card nine minus two and a half. No, 5.5 no one said that, me. Nikki. Oh no! I, said uh, I mean, that, I'm, I I'm on board. Angus said that. Eight odds or something. Nikki, like Nikki's a fanboy. Nikki's a fanboy. He's he just crazy. wants someone. But no, I, I want. Take that. I want C nine to to beat him up. I'm not gonna lie. I just it, the problem is I I I kind of agree. I also know that Perks has not been that impressive. Yeah, I mean, it no, goes back but... to what we were saying with G two. You just have to believe in the like the G two and the Perks playoff buff, and if you do, then the the three O starts to look really appealing. Yeah, but then it. Yep. I don't think G 2s playoff buff is is solely centered around Perks. Yeah, that's fair. And then and then well, and I'm also when I'm looking at the rest of the team, it's kind of yeah, it's not a. I don't know. They just they don't seem to play as well. So, all right, any. I, I would stay away from like first house. Yeah. For me. I think they're yeah. both going to prioritize it. Someone's going to get Yeah. I think it gets scrappy for the objectives. And, I think it's and really it could really go either way. And I think I take Blabber over over Santorin. But then if it's Santorin and Alfari against Blabber and whatever, then I, I start to go towards Team Liquid again. So instead I guess of a pretty light here. Instead of an all out brawl at the dragon we should probably just see it at the herald instead mm. what about uh, how many what about total maps played i mean i, I wouldn't mind eight. so i i am I'm not against hedging my, uh, three, oh, only three i am i'm what i'm interested in hedging potentially the three oh with something like oh, over four and a half maps it'll go three one then you know that um <laughs> you know that perennial silly. yeah uh, All right, final match. TSM, 100 Thieves. Angus has already admitted his bias. Yeah, but I would also probably like the 100 Thieves money line here. Really? You know, the I mean, I, the core of the 100 Thieves lineup is still the same team that has TSM's number. And it was a different TSM too, but they came into playoffs. I'm pretty sure they stomped TSM, uh, sorry, not playoffs, lock-in. They stomped TSM and lock-in. And I think they, they might have gone one one in the regular season it's the theory hundred things is of fading your favorite team look yeah, and my favorite theory. is is, yeah. is, a, is a good is a good team they i actually i think like i said last week kelsey or um emily i can't remember one of them tweeted that why are we suddenly expecting golden guardians which finished you know top six we were happy with the suddenly i'll become a top two team which actually i thought was a very fair point but if mm-hmm. someday is actually performing the way he was, and and him and Closer can can uh, coordinate the way they looked like they were last week, then I'm actually a bit concerned. 
Because I, I definitely found the drops that TSM took questionable. I mean, listen, you said it yourself, though, like, dignitas. Like, there there is a certain amount of that in there as well to consider. Like, how much... How, how suspect was TSM to the point where also, like, 100 Thieves was somewhat handed their match, I guess you could say? Um, and, I mean, they played well, no doubt, but... At the same time, Dignitas did not perform to the level that anyone expected them. You know to. what the best thing is, Angus, talking to people who have not been following League since like season one, they think I invented Dignitas. That's no, like the, I, I don't think you invented it. That's the best it, but... thing. Like you guys being like, you said it yourself, and I'm like, I'm like, I am loving the credit I'm being given, but I, I hate to say it's it is not my. I, I, I didn't think it was yours back in the day. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was yours, but I mean, it did fit. You guys probably don't even remember Scara and Dashaun. The famous quote about Dignitas is uh, they're winning right up until they lose. Yeah. Exactly. They love to throw. Um, I, it's, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, well, I want to I I, I ask Angus, like, how did you feel about TSM? Because I found their drafts a bit odd. Um, I, I wasn't. It's so hard to believe in TSM. I find it so hard to, to expect them to continue their level of performance. Without Bjergsen, 1v9ing. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's a completely different team, but if, if for so long it's felt like TSM in playoffs has relied on just Bjergsen 1v9ing. To pull well, they have, yeah. Games. It's been a while that they've been doing that. But he is also, I mean, I wish we had gotten Bjergsen versus Perks. That's, that is... We missed out. We did. And I actually, I think Perks in his current form is not, I think Bjergsen beats him. Because I actually think Jensen beats him as well a little bit now. Ooh. You guys mm, can maybe like not. Your actually, maybe not. Like, not this split, but when Jensen is at his best, and I, well, I guess I'm giving a bias there. because I'm Yeah, Jensen, Jensen at his best, at best Perks and, at his worst. Maybe yeah, Jensen exactly. A big bias that doesn't work so well, does it? Um... I, I, yeah, so anyway, it, it was just a case of, like, last week, TSM, I wasn't, EG didn't impress me that much, but yeah. TSM didn't exactly blow me away either. You guys can doubt it all you want, TSM. I, I frankly do not care. I've got TSM minus one and a half at 2.14 odds, um, and I think, I think they present more of a challenge for 100 Thieves and the Dignitas did in that series by any means and this is going to be way more of a struggle for 100 thieves to win there's no and, there's no question that like they're, they're up better than dignitas oh oh no doubt about that i i, I don't want my phrasing really? to like lead into that are you but are you falling for the fact that you spotted that 100 thieves was not playing that well like pretty if we're talking about a good hundred thieves, do you still think tsm is is better than them so here but what about a good tsm that's we can say it, it can go either way, right? Like no, I, I think I, no, I, I say good TSM against good hundred thieves. Hundred thieves wins. I, I've still got TSM. I actually agree with that, and I was the reason I got so excited when Angus said he's going to take hundred thieves money line is because I actually had the same exact thing. I was really surprised to hear anyone. I thought it, this was going to be you three being like, "Oh, TSM easy peasy game over," like Scotty kind of did say at minus three, uh, minus one point five. Um. I am going to 
try and listen to what I've said in the past, which is a hundred thieves really looked impressive against cloud nine. Like I'm the first person who ever said you can't look good on a three. Oh, right. Like that was me from the beginning and I still stand by that, but their early game was legit. And we, we it's easy to fucking shit all over Dignitas after getting uh, absolutely dismantled. Um, but I think these have figured something out. I, I can't put up my finger on it, but they are playing very close, I would say, to their early season form. And in the early season form, they were still losing to Cloud9. That wasn't like, they, they weren't smashing Cloud9 early. Um, but they did beat TSM. And I think that at 2.44, 100 Thieves, I really like this. And, you know, doing some of our laddering that we love to do. Hundred these at one point at plus one point five at one point six two I think is very generous. I think that there's that that, that is very ad- advantageous. Um, and then Scoot, if you really want it, I'll give it to you. Hundred these three oh seven point six zero. Angus is Listen, something I, you can get behind. No, I'm not getting behind that one. <laughs> no, uh, here, hear me out here. This one, this one's very interesting because throughout the midseason showdown, this is kills number one and number two, the leaders. TSM, I think, is over 100 in their eight matches, I believe. Uh, yeah, four and four, 108 kills, T- uh, 100 Thieves, three and three, 85 kills. That's number one and number two, again, over under. Aren't they also that- the only two teams that have played two matches so far? Maybe. <laughs> but also, <laughs> stop bringing this data <laughs> analytics part, okay? <laughs> so 100 Thieves is a great KD. Games. Scoot didn't and have an argument against that. He was completely... 100 Thieves is a great KD uh-huh. on the back half of that as well. And the over-under is set pretty low at 24.5. So 1.81 odds there. Pretty attractive. Again, yeah, they have played extra matches. It's not, it's not a big deal. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, only 8 and 6. <laughs> only 8 and 6. But to that point, I do think that there is a lot of value. TSM has played 8 games. Their KD is 0.85. Not good. Hundred Thieves has played six matches, six matches, including Cloud Nine. Yet their KD is still at a one point two five. Now that does include a an abysmal Dignitas showing, so it probably offsets each other. But I'm telling you, their early game rating is a fifty four, which comes in at third only behind Cloud Nine and Team Liquid, whereas TSM's is at a forty two, which is only behind the Again, abysmal Dignitas. Um, where it's going to get tricky, obviously, is the mid-late rating, right? That's where TSM has continuously showed up. Um, they just know how to scale really well and really start favoring those mid-to-late game objectives. I really like um, TSM first Baron. A lot of the, even though I do think that Hunter Thieves is going to win. You know, 100 Thieves, the only way that they actually got the first Barons where they stole them, like just straight up steals, you get TSM first Baron at 1.63. I think that's a pretty good number. Um, and I and I love, I love the over 1.5 total Baron slain at 2.34. I just love that. Hmm. I think the issue I have is that I definitely look at Closer and FBI and Huhi and, and the way Sunday was playing. And if they can get an early game lead and they start being proactive as opposed to when we saw them in Cloud9 where they were just looking 
uh, like they had no idea what they were doing. It, it's hard for me to see the bot lane and the mid lane and the jungle be able to bring it back in and win. Like be able to turn around a big loss in the early game. So the mid to late of TSM is really contingent on them either not giving a significant advantage to 100 Thieves. And with how they looked last week, I actually think that's harder to do. Harder said than done. TSM. All right, so we have one TSM. (laughs) I have it as... 3-1 100 Thieves because I'm worried that if it goes to 3-2 they choke and they throw it. Chris? 100 Thieves. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking 100 Thieves probably 3-2. I'm really up against it. 3-2? Chris, what are you doing? 3-0? Yeah, 3-0. 7.60. No, I'm actually going to say 3-1. 5.20. Fuck what you heard. TSM (laughs) 3-1. There's Angus, you're not Williams. worried about them uh, having the 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 we're winning and then suddenly we lose one and they're coming back and they're gonna win it lose three two. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I, Angus is in a win win situation. Yeah, guys. exactly. I already got because, money on uh, on yeah. hundred thieves to win the thing outright. So we might. But if TSM wins, then I then I'm just happy. Yeah, he's, he's just, just a happy fan. He's a happy guy. Like TSM wins. You have to you have to value your happiness if they win the series and then that's what you bet on the other team all right well i got one last uh one last pick oh, yes. here if we have time to talk about it Absolutely. oh we have time for more picks wonderful <laughs> i always i mean this has been true for a while now but tsm has like no priority on dragon like ever basically so i think that 1.8 on yeah. 100 thieves first dragon is is probably a lot of value especially because you know They've got a great bot lane. They'll probably have priority on bot. TSM has been playing through Huni. Uh, Huni's been like popping off recently. Yep. So I think they'll probably have priority top. The only problem is that TSM got first dragon in like 60, 70% of their games in playoffs for some reason so far. But in like the regular season, they get first dragon almost never. Last year, they got first dragon almost never. Like as a team, they have no priority over first dragon. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I rate there. closer in the bot lane grabbing first dragon significantly more than TSM. So I'm with yeah. you on that. I always Big love time. that one against TSM. Yeah. Big time on that one. Um, all right. We are in agreement. Should we jump over to uh, our Thrive Fantasy prop picks? Listen, I'm in. I've got some interesting ones. I'm I'm netting a high point total to that. <laughs> Chris, why don't you read us uh, read us through? Uh, well, first, Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to give the uh, the read about what it is? That's what I was throwing to you for. Oh, well, Thrive Fantasy. It is the single best place to go when you're trying to bet on prop picks throughout any game. They do all the different sports, obviously. Esports is one of their, you know, focuses. They've got a great partnership with Tim, Team Envy. Um, what you what do you do? You pick in esports, whether it be Counter Strike, whether it be League, whether it be Dota. They give you ten different prop picks. You get to choose five. You pick two ice picks. Make sure the point values are correct, and you win free money. I mean, it's that simple. Um, 
there actually are free ones where you can literally win free money. Uh, but you can also compete against one player to player, or you can you know, do a huge group setting. Um, when you join Thrive Fantasy, make sure to use the code TGA50. That is TGA after the gold advantage 50. Uh, and you get a 50% bonus on everything you deposit up to $100. Now that's it, free money. Did I miss anything? That that no, actually is great. free money. ThriveFantasy.com. They have an app as well. It's great. The UI, everything. It's so easy to use. It's great to bet. And if you... Um, now's a good time to do it because the playoffs, you know, the, the prop bets are based on uh, the two teams matching up. In this instance, it's TAC, uh, it's a TL versus Cloud9. So read them off, Nikki. Is it me? Am I doing it? Unless you want me to. I mean, no, I, you do it, Scotty. I, you got that you really, nice American. You really had to put me voice. on the spot. Oh, yeah. you you like it? Yeah. All right. Well, we've got Jensen from Team Liquid over eight and a half kills, over under eight and a half kills. Core JJ over under thirteen and a half deaths. Santorin over under thirty eight and a half total assists. Alfari over under twenty three and a half total kills and deaths a very interesting one there i believe we also have tactical over under 18 and a half kills fudge over under four and a half deaths zven over under 20.5 total assists blabber over under 30 and a half total kills and deaths and then finally perks and vulcan perks over under 14 and a half kills and then vulcan over under eight and a half deaths is a very very interesting line as well. I'd love to hear what you guys have here. Unless you, you just want to hear me talk forever. I don't mind you you starting off. Oh, you don't mind. The strategy for a five-game series, of course, is always pick the overs. So, and it didn't work last time, but it's going to work this that's time. That's the strategy. Yeah, that's the strategy. And, and if you keep doing it, eventually it hits. Santorin over 38.5 total assists. Alfari over 23 and a half total kills and deaths. Tactical over 18 and a half kills. Blabber over 30 and a half kills and deaths. Perks over 14 and a half kills. I never say my ice picks because they never factor in, but I think I'm netting like 570 points currently, which is a crazy <laughs> number. Um, but I'm also like, I also think this will be a deep series, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we could see five maps here, and if that's the case, then I will be coming out on top. Angus? I'll go second. Oh, oh, Angus, there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go here. I also took all the overs, although it was, wasn't intentional. I didn't realize we were supposed to take all of the overs on all of these uh, even series. Even after saying that this is going to be a 3-0, you're taking... Yeah, I mean, edge. I took some conservative uh, overs, because obviously TL is going to 3-0. So, I mean, a bunch of these are TL. I got Jensen, eight and a half kills. I think that's basically guaranteed. Yeah. I've got Core JJ over 13 deaths, you know, against Vulcan. I, I think you're going to die. I think that that's pretty, pretty safe to assume. Vulcan and Blabber, he's going to die 13 times in lane. Um, <laughs> Alfari, I took over 23 and a half kills and deaths. I think that's a great one because whether they win or lose, you're going to hit that over. So there's, there's no risk there at all. Uh, and then I took a couple of Cloud9 players. So I took Zven over 20 and a half assists. Uh, he got like no kills in the first round, which means he got a ton of assists. So that 
feels good to me. Um, and then I took perks over 14 and a half kills, which I think goes completely against my liquid 3-0 theory, but I never bet against perks. So funny enough, I'm, I'm actually pretty similar to you, uh, Angus. I have Alfari over 23.5 kills and deaths. I think that's just an easy one. I also have Jensen over eight and a half total kills. I think that's so low. It just makes a lot of sense. Grab it. Uh, the blabber over 30.5 total kills and deaths. That's quite high, but I do think that they like to funnel the kills more towards blabber than uh, necessarily Zven, or he takes them. So I think that's quite an easy one. Then I'm going to grab um, the... I'm actually going to go perks under 14.5 total kills. Because I think it is going to be a quick 3-0, and I don't know that he is going to be the one driving that. Um, that's my riskiest one. I'm not sure I'm sold on it, so I'm, I'm kind of a bit uh, uncertain on that one. Uh, you think the bladder line is more of a guarantee? He got seven total kills and deaths in the first round. So crazy. Yeah. I was going to mention Over that. three games. I was going like, to mention that. You you can't that assume that over that's... seems... It's not going to happen. Or at least there's like a low chance. If it goes to five games... If it went to five games, he was on pace for was, 11 yeah. total kills and deaths. But he typically, I, but normally during the regular season, he gets so many kills. Yeah. I, he didn't need to kill anything. I think that that's a bigger point for this one, which is that to me is an anomaly, Angus. That yeah. is not a trend to bet on. and That's fair, yeah. It, I mean, Blabber was the... As we discussed earlier, but arguably the MVP of the entire league. But he just had so many kills during the regular season. That's exactly my point. Like he didn't to Scotty what Scotty he didn't need to kill anyone on Hundred Thieves. They killed themselves. Like, okay, thank you. Um just to jump in real real quick, I think the biggest like just like dead cold stone lock of the entire thing is Jensen at eight point five kills. Um yeah. he's averaging five point seven five per game. So if this thing goes two games, which it has to, that hits. Um, Angus, I do. I actually was going off of the idea that this was going to have four games. So a 3-1 in either direction. I am leaning Team Liquid in that. So I'm actually going to be choosing kind of the overs for Team Liquid and the unders for Cloud9. So Jensen at, again, over 8.5 kills is straight up free money um, for 90 points. I also have Santorin at, and Nikki, I do agree. Santorin is, to me, the shakiest player on Team Liquid. And every time I watch, I just feel like he's kind of just like doing his own thing sometimes. And I'm like, what's going on? But anyway, Santorin at 38.5 assists. I am going to take the over for 105 points. Vulcan on the deaths for the same reason. I'm going to go over. He's averaging. Very few deaths right now. But again, it was against 100 Thieves. So it's like, I don't really trust it. So I'm going to say that Volk is going to get killed a good amount for 95 points. And then I will say, Zven is like kind of the habitually the easiest person to play on Cloud9. So um, 20.5 assists. I think that's a pretty much an easy over. He's averaging 7.6 assists per game. So, you know, again, 
the, if the game goes three matches, which it has to, he'll he'll hit that. Um, so then that leaves me with Uno Mas, and I'm going to go with the Alfari easy over on the 23.5 kills and deaths for 95 points. He's been averaging six kills plus deaths over the past ones. I think that, you know, again, this thing goes three easily. You're covered. Sorry, four, you're covered. But he's an MVP and he's going against Fudge, so he's going to just smash the shit out of him. <laughs> I actually want to ask, Angus, what, what are your thoughts on Santorin? Because I feel like I'm biased. I've never been mad about him as a player. I I like Santorin. I think so he's I great. It's hard to judge him. I don't think he's been nearly as good this season as he was last season. Neither was um, Broxa. Yeah, I think that there's... Shut up. I mean, I, I said something earlier this season. Broxa was phenomenal. There's a small chance that TL... I mean, this is when TL was running really cold. But I thought that there was a small chance that TL doesn't re-sign Santorin after this season. And if they didn't, we'd have to start talking about TL as the team that can't keep a jungler. Because they've mm. been through... This is their third jungler in the last three years. Um, yeah, but I... I like, But so at this point, I think that they probably re-signed Santorin. I did understand the... I, you see, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel like that stigma applies the same way as uh, TSM. Because yeah. I understood why they went for Broxa. I definitely saw the reason. It just didn't pan out. And I, I, I don't know what happened to him. I also definitely understand why they've gone for Santorin. Um, yeah, there's a big difference between TSM taking yeah. shots in the dark every season. And on, also changing you know, their play style and stuff like that. I feel like TTL yeah. has allowed them to be themselves. They just haven't. Who would, you, who would you want? If you could pick someone. I'd want Broxa. You'd want Broxa over Santorin? Oh, yeah. He was so strong for CLG. And the only reason that they've struggled is because he had visa issues, couldn't practice with the team. He's phenomenal. He was so so mediocre for TL when he was on the team for a year. Why would you bring him back? You wouldn't actually bring him back, but I just... (laughs) So I just just asked, who would you? (laughs) I take such great offense to you throwing shade on my team, CLG. I couldn't let it stand. No, he's been great on CLG. Sorry, like I agree, he's been great. I'm gonna take that out from there. But but who would who would you? I mean, I I take Santorin between the two of them. Yeah. But and I otherwise... also could see Steve looking for someone else. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of is who. Jensen. What's Jensen's import situation? He's a resident. He becomes. Is he? I think he's already a resident. He's a resident. Oh, of course, because it's Alfari and Core JJ who are their yeah. imports. Yeah, so I guess they don't really have an import slot that they could replace him with. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't drop either of those two. Those two are so Sandorin. good. Yeah. Is there any way they get Closer or someone like that? Closer's an import. Oh. He's, an import. He's Turkish. Right. Yeah. <sighs> it's an interesting one. But I don't know yeah. if they need more aggression. I feel I feel like they have their carries. Like they literally have Core JJ enabling tactical. That's great. They have Alfari and Jensen. They need someone to unlock them, which will be interesting. What about your dream TSM team? Oh man, it's easy. Hanser, Svenskeren, Bjergsen, Double Lift, Firefrost. Fucking yes, man! Absolutely, I love that team. I never understood when uh, when they dropped Hornsa. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" It's everyone's dream TSM team. 
it was it was the best except for the chaos chowex back in the day the toxic tsm reginald um that was my favorite team and i i never agree i didn't really get the the moves they made i thought it was it was a real shame because that was something that was going really well will you bring back um double lift now all right uh, this is great <laughs> but we can't bet on this thank you doesn't matter we can still talk about it offline let's go this is an hour and 16 minutes let's go <laughs> it's a long form right, any last any last bets nikki nikki it's it listen you're the host buddy yeah i know i just got yo what's going on guys it's scoot unfortunately the end of our audio recording corrupted and we weren't able to get a good outro so i'm here to remind you guys to go follow us on twitter at best of three network and join the Discord, which is um, in the pin tweet on our Twitter as well. And just to thank you for for listening to another episode of the Gold Advantage, and we will see you guys next week, of course.